Welcome to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. Yara is the global leader in crop nutrition knowledge and a producer of quality fertilizer products. Grow the future with Yara. Hello, I'm Ken Rundle, and I'm talking about establishing oilseed rape with Yara's country arable agronomist, Natalie Wood. Yes, I know we're looking forward to the 2021 harvest, but it's the rape crop for the 22 season we focus on and getting it started in the next couple of months. Once the bedrock of many arable rotations, oilseed rape lost its appeal for some when neonics were banned and the cabbage stem flea beetle hit crops up and down the country. But last season turned out better than expected for many that stayed with rape. And there's a feeling that with prices on the up, more may try again this year. Am I right, Natalie? With oilseed rape, it really depends on the autumn sowing conditions. Um, last year, we saw an increase in the number of hectares sown from the initial estimates. And that was because the weather was almost ideal for establishment. Um, so moisture is really key for, for establishing oilseed. And if we have enough moisture in August to mid-September during that drilling window, then I think we'll see a similar amount, if not more, sown this autumn. Um, of course, prices have been very good this season, um, but we're yet to know the yield. So, of course, that's also going to be a factor that growers have to consider there. And with all the pressures, obviously, uh, with so few chemicals to rely on, uh, success means using best practice wherever possible. And as you've said, getting the timing right, proper seed rate, seed depth and variety. And of course, as you've stressed, sufficient soil moisture, all very important. But nutrition is also a key factor, and that can include seed treatment. Yes, of course. So nutrition is a large part of getting a successful crop established. Um, if we think of seed treatments first, then the idea of a nutritional seed treatment is to increase that initial speed of um, establishment. Coating the seed ensures that the nutrients in the treatment are concentrated at that source. So meaning as soon as the seed germinates and the roots start to develop, then the nutrients are being taken up. Um, and the mixture that we're really talking about in the product Glytrel MNP, which is our seed treatment, um, is equal amounts of phosphorus and manganese. And these two nutrients are particularly important at this very early stage of growth. Um, if we think of phosphorus, then it's important for root and shoot development, as well as energy transfer. And both of those are, are obviously important at this first um, few stages of growth. And we know that within the soil, uh, phosphate is very immobile. So that limits um, a freshly germinated seed from being able to, to access it easily. And then the other half is manganese. So, of course, that's important for a variety of systems within the plant, such as chlorophyll production. Um, but it also plays a role in enzyme activation and therefore carbohydrate metabolism. And if manganese is deficient, then it's going to impact upon the efficiency of photosynthesis, which, again, we, we don't want to have any limiting factors for those young seedlings. What we're looking to do is to make sure that the plants aren't checked, that there's no halt to their growth. And coming back to that business with phosphate, that placement of phosphate close to the root is very important, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I, I guess we'll go to talk about placement a bit later on, but certainly phosphate's very mobile in the soil. So um, if you can get it close and let the, the seedling grow down through it, then it's got a better chance of being able to access it. What does the trial data say about all this? Um, well, we did a, an establishment trial back in autumn 2020. Obviously, it hasn't gone to yield yet, but we had some initial measurements to see how the seed treatment helped with establishment. And with the addition of the glycerol MNP, we increased the weights of both the roots and the shoots by about 20%. And I mean, that could make the difference between a growth stage um, if flea beetle migration has occurred, for example. We also had some interesting results in terms of cabbage stem flea beetle larval counts in the following spring. So in the March, um, we did some 
um, larval counts and there was actually a decrease in the number of larvae where there'd been a seed treatment and an MPKS fertilizer that had been placed. Um, and it actually reduced the numbers by about half, but it, the pressure wasn't particularly high at this site. So let's not go crazy with, with that notion, but it was just one site. Um, and we will want to repeat that this season to see if we get the same results. Um, but yeah, really interesting to see if it does actually make a difference to those larval numbers. Robust plants are more resistant. And if they can mm. keep moving, they they keep ahead of any pressure from, from the, the beetle, either the adult or the larva. Mm. What about the rest of the autumn nutrition program? What are the key recommendations there? Well, I guess the objective is, again, to improve that establishment to get the crop up and away as quickly as possible. So ideally, fertilizer should be placed or applied as soon as possible after drilling to give the crop the best chance to establish. It quite often is tempting to wait until the crop is up and established before applying fertilizer. But, you know, that could lead to kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you haven't set the crop up with the best chance to start off with, then you can't really expect it to uh, establish very well. Um, in terms of a, a product, then an MPK product is ideal as a starter fertilizer because we need that phosphate for root and shoot development, as I mentioned earlier. But potassium is also very helpful for um, root growth as well and as well water regulation, which could be very helpful if we hit a dry spell after drilling, for example. Um, in terms of rates, then the nitrogen rate applied can differ depending on whether you've placed or broadcast, um, but you're looking around 25 to 30 kilograms of nitrogen per hectare. And then the trials work has shown really that the addition of that MPKS can help with overwinter survival rates as well compared to uh, just nitrogen sulfur. So you're talking, say, 38% for, for an NS grade, and then it could be up to 90 to 100% for an MPKS grade. So certainly a difference there. Um, and there's work to show that potassium actually acts as an antifreeze in the winter by lowering the cell's sap freezing point and preventing frost damage. So that, that could well explain it. Um, so after all those points, I guess what, what grade would be perfect, then it's probably Yaramila Activa S, which is 16, 15, 15 plus 6.5% SO3. We've talked autumn application, but there are some key regulations we need to adhere to there and cutoff dates, etc. Yeah, so if you're in a nitrate vulnerable zone, then you're limited to 30 kilograms of nitrogen per hectare, which is what you're allowed within that closed um, period. And this needs to be applied by the end of October. Um, if you're placing fertilizer, then you can reduce the rate a bit to say the 25 kilograms of nitrogen per hectare due, due to that close proximity to the seed. Um, and also you're wasting less that would uh, normally fall in between the rows. So this is particularly important for phosphate, which, as I've said, it, it doesn't travel very well in the soil. And of course, as well, for environmental considerations from potential losses that, that could occur. Um, and if we think of, of trials data that we've got on placing versus broadcast, then on average, um, you, you can see a 0.21 tonnes per hectare increase from placing versus broadcast, which at current prices is roughly about £90 per hectare. So, yeah, having the P and K in the fertiliser is also um, going to increase your nitrogen use efficiency. And we've got some more data to show that over nine different sites, there was an average 20% increase in the amount of nitrogen due to that um, P and K being there as well. Um, and one site was actually 40% increase. So it just really shows you how important the P and K are for oilseed establishment. Yeah, that really is significant. That, if you like, is the macronutrients, the main ones, but micronutrients also have a key role to play here, don't they? 
Yeah, so um, again, we're trying to make sure that there's no limiting factors to the crop as it moves through the growth stages pre-winter. Um, and if we think of a, a product, then it's going to be Brassitrol Pro, and that's our crop-specific mixture of key micronutrients that are required by the oilseed crop. And what has it got in it? Then it's magnesium, calcium, boron, manganese, and molybdenum. Um, so yeah, they're all the key micronutrients that we need to focus on for the oilseed. And we all know if the conditions are right, it obviously can put on a lot of biomass over a short period of time in the autumn. And with this rapid growth, obviously comes the risk of those deficiencies um, creeping in. So, yeah, a really simple approach is to use Brastrol Pro in the autumn to cover all those key micronutrients. And that's also going to help safeguard against some potential early deficiencies in the spring that might happen when you're not able to travel yet. Um, but the crop is actually growing. So. That would be my, my key advice. And in terms of rates of that product, then you're looking at two to three litres in the autumn with a view to coming back and following that with a spring application. And this is the problem. The seasons now are so volatile that you can't uh, you can't make any general expectations as to how it might be. So to a certain extent, it's belt and braces as far as this is concerned, isn't it? Yeah. And I mean, if we look at some of the long term trial data um, from 2016 onwards, then the average yield increase is about 0.31 tonnes per hectare from that two to three litres in the autumn and the spring. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely a good return on investment when you're looking at those micronutrient applications. So then we've been through, rattled through quite a few bits of detail there. So what are the key points you think are important to remember? If possible, um, I know we might have missed the boat for some people out there in terms of a seed treatment, but if you still have the capacity to put something on, then Glytrail MMP will give that newly germinated seed a kickstart. Placing or broadcasting an MPK fertilizer as soon as possible, um, rather than waiting to see how the crop establishes, um, and then reducing limiting factors to growth by ensuring that the key micronutrients are applied in the autumn, as well as then followed up in the spring. And a point to remember, anyone seeking more information on all this can easily access it on the Yara website, in particular, a recent webinar you were involved with. Yeah, so we conducted a webinar on establishing oilseed with a guest speaker, Sarah Kendall from ADAS. Um, she gave some really useful insights into what to look out for when drilling oilseed, as well as some of the lessons that were learned from the oilseed yen as well. Um, and that's available on demand by the website or it is on our uh, Yara UK and Ireland YouTube channel as well. So feel free to check it out whenever you've got time. Thank you very much. It has its issues, does oilseed rape, but clearly it's still a good option. As usual, everything depends on the season and being prepared, which I hope we've helped with. From Natalie Wood and me, Ken Rundle, may the season offer all you need it to be. I'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. Speak to you then. Thanks for listening to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. For more information, visit yara.co.uk or yara.ie.